morning, everybody. It's so good to see you all. Merry Christmas. <laughs> oh, man, yesterday I was looking outside and I saw the snow starting to come and I thought, it's here. Thankfully, I have a garage now, so I'm not scraping my windshield like I used to all those years. That's pretty nice. How are you all doing today? You guys good? Everyone's good? Welcome to Watershed. We're so glad to see you. Here, we focus on the freedom, the friendship, and the rest that we have in Jesus Christ. We're so glad that we get to gather and just be in his presence. God has done for us what we couldn't do for ourselves, and so we get to come together. We get to celebrate. We get to worship. We get to praise him. We get to study his word, and we get the invitation to obey him and follow his ways. Uh, so today, hey, uh, greet the people around you. Ask them if they're excited about this snow. <coughs> Well, I want to read for us this morning a passage from First uh, Peter. Peter was one of Jesus' disciples, one of the twelve that he had called out. And I don't know about you, but I read scripture and I read about Peter, and he's always putting his foot in his mouth, and he's always kind of jumping to action without really thinking. And it's encouragement to me to know that if Jesus can work with a guy like Peter, he can work with a guy like me. Check, check. Oh, there I am. Okay, so, First Peter. This comes out of his letter. He's writing to the believers. Uh, as the church had just formed, Jesus had been resurrected. He's in heaven, sitting at the right hand of God. And, and Peter's writing to the believers now. They're trying to figure out what this whole thing of faith means, what life with God looks like now. And Peter writes to them. He says this, You are a chosen people, a royal priesthood, a holy nation, God's special possession, that you may declare the praises of him who called you out of darkness, into his wonderful light. This is the way we get to live. We get to be reminded that God calls us out of darkness and into his light. So today, we just invite you to sing along with us. We're going to sing with joy about that, that God has called us out of darkness into his light. Let's sing this together.
invite you to be seated and we're going to watch our next video for the day. to stay drunk, he said to her. Put down your wine. <clears throat> Hannah explained that she was not drunk, but weeping and praying for God to give her a son. When he heard this, he prayed that she would indeed have a son. Soon after, Hannah became pregnant and gave birth to a son. She named him Samuel. When he was a young boy, she brought him back to Eli, the priest, and the two of them prayed that God would use Samuel. One night, when Samuel was a little older, God spoke to him in his room, telling him about things that would happen in Israel in the future called prophecies. This was the beginning of a special relationship between God and Samuel. God would use Samuel to speak to the Israelites over and over as a prophet. But the Israelites weren't satisfied with the prophet. They wanted a king, a military ruler, like the other nations around them had. Despite Samuel's warning against it, they demanded God give them a king. Eventually, God told Samuel who to make king, a man named Saul, who was easily a foot taller than any other man, someone the Israelites would trust to lead them. Samuel brought Saul in front of all of Israel, when the Israelites saw him, they shouted, Long live the king! Hearing that Israel had a new king, the Philistines gathered a huge army so large that some of the Israelites ran away in fear. But Samuel gave instructions to Saul that would lead to their victory. He told Saul to wait in a region called Gilgal until he could meet him there. Then they would give a sacrifice to God before the battle with the Philistines. But Saul grew impatient, and before Samuel got there, he offered the sacrifice himself. Saul's actions had terrible consequences. He continued to choose to go against what God commanded, and instead build up his own wealth and power, leading to the end of his rule in Israel. It was time for another king. Right. If I could have uh, kids who are heading off to children's ministry through fifth grade, those of you who are going and not staying, come on over and we're going to pray for you all today. Here, I'll get down on your level. There, is that good? We get to hear a little today of Samuel. Miss Becky is actually, Miss Becky's not here because she's going to preach in just a minute. Pretty cool, huh? So you get me praying with you today. So we get to hear about Samuel and maybe a little bit of Saul today. 
All right, before we get ready to go off and hear God's word, let's pray together, okay? God, thank you for your love for us. Thank you for always being our true, perfect king who has our best in mind. Lord, I pray uh, just for my, my friends here, uh, Lord, as they go off and learn, as we learn uh, as well, Lord, that you would show us more of your goodness, show us more of your life, uh, and show us more of your love. God, we pray these things in Jesus' name, and all God's children said, amen. amen. All right. Hi. Nice. See you, everybody. As I mentioned uh, to, the, to our kids, uh, we've got a great opportunity today for uh, Miss Becky. Uh, I Miss <laughs> Becky. Yeah, I want you all to refer to Becky this morning. Miss Becky. <laughs> uh, Becky's going to be sharing God's word. Uh, Kendra and I had a chance to get away this week, and uh, as I was thinking about somebody uh, to preach, I know that uh, God has used her in the past in different ministries she's been a part of, and I'm not going to steal your thunder at all in some of your own history, uh, but uh, to share God's word. And as I believe here, it is important to have different voices, and when somebody's willing, uh, I'm all about giving them an opportunity. So, waha. Um, but before we invite Becky up, I do want to make mention of one thing. Uh, throughout this season, as we're getting ready to come into Advent, uh, and the season of Christmas, as we're getting ready for uh, the craziness of Thanksgiving, one of the things that I want to talk about throughout this season is generosity. And generosity uh, that stems from God's immense and utter generosity for us, right? When we believe that God is a God who has given us life, given us our being, our very breath, God gifts us with our abilities uh, to work. God gives us uh, the ability of, you know, over the last weeks we prayed the Lord's Prayer um, to provide for us each and every day. I don't know about you, that sparks in my heart a spirit that says, man, how can I help others? How can I look to support others? Right? Because God doesn't just entrust good things to us for ourselves alone. It's that we can join in his work to bless others. I mean, that goes all the way back to Abraham's story as we've been journeying through the story. So I'm just going to keep, throughout the weeks, opening up different opportunities, making you aware of opportunities to, to show generosity through this Thanksgiving and Christmas season. The first one uh, that you see is on your chairs. Uh, and this is to support uh, a ministry here that happens at Heart of Wyke, a partnership we have with Neighbors Plus. If you're not familiar with, with Neighbors Plus, Neighbors Plus does everything from after-school recess program to helping kids hope, making sure that every kid who needs one, gets a mentor and somebody there to walk alongside of them one hour a day uh, to our suspension program, study hope program, and uh, to supporting food in our pantry. Uh, as you'll see, there's a list on there, opportunities to give. Not only will this go to Neighbors Plus Pantry where people who have needs can come, um, but some of these resources as well will go to um, my brother's house and my sister's house, uh, which are serving, again, just underserved, um, underprivileged folks in our own community. So uh, there are opportunities to give if, if God's kind of working in your heart. You can read more. You can always look up more with Neighbors Plus. Um, but I would encourage you, uh, take a bag home, 
uh, as you're grocery shopping, as you're thinking about food for your Thanksgiving dinner and throwing in cans, um, maybe grab a couple other cans uh, to, to throw in, again, to show kindness and generosity to others as God has shown his generosity to us. With that being said, Becky, if you'll come up, I want to offer a prayer for us, a prayer for her as well as we hear God's word again from uh, the story of Samuel. You're going to talk to us more today about Samuel than Saul, um, but uh, let's pray God's blessing upon Becky and his word. God, thank you again for this chance, your generosity to us. God, as, as we just sit and reflect, as we have entered this season of Thanksgiving, this season of Christmas, God, that we're reminded of how much you have given to us. And that one of the blessings we have in life is to give out of your generosity to us, to others. Lord, so continue to cultivate that spirit in us. But Lord, as well, um, as now we, we get ready to hear from your word. Lord, I think about the generosity you have given us to give us your story, the Bible. And how it's worked out in so many countless stories. And how we can see through someone's life into your heart and your life. And we can sometimes, God, too, grab a glimpse of what that means for us. And so I pray this morning that you would use Becky. Lord, my sister in Christ, God, use her words. Lord, her words are not simply hers, they're yours. And I pray that you would speak to each of our hearts and our minds. God, I pray that you would get rid of anything in our hearts, in our minds that are blocking our ability to hear what you have to say to each of us today. Lord, we believe that your spirit wants to speak your life into ours. So we pray humbly that you would do so. Use Becky, Father, our, our sister in Christ, to speak to us. And most importantly, use your spirit and your word to speak into our lives, to renew us, to cleanse us, to, to shape us, to mold us, and to breathe your life into us. God, we pray this humbly in your name, Jesus. And all God's children said, amen. Let me clear my stuff out of your way. Here, is this, this better? We'll, we'll get it down on. <laughs> well, good morning. This is a different view this morning. I am usually running around behind the scenes between campuses trying to put out fires on a Sunday morning. So this is totally different for me, but I am loving this opportunity. This is our last Sunday in our mini-series, A New Land in Life, of the story where Israel is settling the promised land. Now, much of this portion uh, is anchored on Saul, and Pastor Aaron will be touching a little more on that next week. But today, today I want to focus on Eli and Samuel as they listen to God. Here we pick up our reading beginning at 1 Samuel chapter 3, verse 1. The boy Samuel ministered before the Lord under Eli. In those days, the word of the Lord was rare, and there were not many visions. One night, Eli, whose eyes were becoming so weak that he could barely see, was lying down in his usual place. The lamp of, the God, had not, lamp of God had not yet gone out, and Samuel was lying down in the house of the Lord where the Ark of the Covenant was. Then the Lord called Samuel. Samuel answered, Here I am. And he ran to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me? 
But Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. So he went and lay down. Again, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am. You called me? My son, Eli said, I did not call. Go back and lie down. Now Samuel did not yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. A third time, the Lord called Samuel. And Samuel got up and went to Eli and said, Here I am, you called me. Then Eli realized that the Lord was calling the boy. So Eli told Samuel, Go and lie down. And if he calls you, say, Speak, Lord, for your servant is listening. So Samuel went and lay down in his place. The Lord came and stood there, calling as all the other times, Samuel, Samuel. Then Samuel said, Speak, for your servant is listening. This is the word of the Lord. When I was around 20 years of age, I thought I had life all figured out. I had landed a job out of college as the head secretary for the Holland Branch Office of the Ottawa County Prosecutor's Office. And after several years, I was promoted to a child support investigator. The job came with a lot of responsibility and stress, but the monetary aspect just seemed to make it all worth it. After serving in this capacity for about nine years, I began to feel like something was missing in my life. I had grown up in the church, attended Sunday school and catechism on a regular basis, went to youth group, got married in that church, and also had our children baptized in that same church. So I knew God, and I began to wrestle with this unsettling feeling in my gut, and I turned to him in prayer. But I not only turned to God for answers, but I also turned to ministry staff members at my church. At that time, the children's ministry director was planning a trip to Africa to serve with teen moms. Well, I jumped on board for this trip because it seemed to feel like the missing puzzle piece. I went to Africa, served with teenage moms and their children in a small village, and had some really great experiences, which you can see from the slides. Funny story about that bottom slide. When I signed up to walk with lions, the brochure showed individuals walking with these cute little lion cubs. Well, much to my surprise, when I showed up, they brought out two teenage lions. They handed each one of the six participants a walking stick in case we needed to protect ourselves. And we were instructed to always be behind the lion and never let the lion get behind us because it would go into hunting mode. To make us feel safer, the guides were carrying loaded shotguns just in case. We were also told that this was the lion's last walk with humans as they were getting too old for this type of activity and they were actually going to get released onto the savanna later that week. Now this probably wasn't my wisest choice to still go ahead and do this adventure, but when in Africa, you do things you would never do at home. And I survived. But I came back, came back home to those same empty feelings. 
I distinctly remember a conversation I had with my husband that maybe God was calling me to move to Africa, not just take a mission trip. He quickly answered somewhat jokingly, God may be calling you to move to Africa, but I'm pretty sure he's not calling me and the kids. (laughs) So back to discerning God's will in this emptiness feeling. I became highly involved in one of those super volunteers at church, stepping in whenever a need would arise. Fast forward two years, the children's ministry director had announced that she would be stepping down from her position to raise a family. Meanwhile, I'm still waiting for God to answer, still feeling like something is missing in my life. I was at a ministry conference when God answered. While over 2,000 individuals were singing praises to God, I heard his voice as if he was the only one in the room. The song lyric, If the wind goes where you send it, so will I, smacked me in the face, and I realized God was sending me into ministry. The first speaker that came onto the stage that night after our worship time taught me a Hebrew word that I will never forget. Heneni. This single word means here I am. Does that sound familiar? I had been discerning and waiting for God to answer my prayers for years And in his perfect timing, he had been preparing my heart for this Hanini moment. At my job, I had been trying to make the lives of children better. I had spent every Monday morning arguing cases for parents to pay their child support in court. But it wasn't filling my need to make an important impact in their lives. I needed to do more. At that conference, it became abundantly clear that I needed a job change and I needed to be ministering to children, giving them something that was life-giving and life-altering. Upon my return home, my husband and I had several conversations about this possible change and the financial impact this was going to have on us. Newsflash, ministry is not a high-paying job. I had answered God with Heneni, and this was a time to truly trust him and take a leap of faith. Six months later, I was working at my first job in a church as a paid staff member and leading the children's ministry department. And to be completely honest, we never felt the financial strain from this decision. This was not to say that I did not do a lot of praying that God would help us make our bills each month but we also never went without. I often wonder how different life would have been had I not answered with Hineni. Today's text is a story about Samuel and his Hineni moment. Here in the scripture, we see the amazing event of God revealing himself and his holy presence to a young Samuel, probably around 12 years of age. But let's back up just a bit and touch on Hannah, the mother of Samuel. Hannah was at the end of her rope. She was not able to have children and very much wanted to be a mother. She prayed so fervently, so fervently for a child that Eli, the priest, thought that she was drunk. But God granted Hannah's request, and true to her promise, Hannah dedicated her son Samuel to the Lord. 
And after Samuel was weaned, likely around the age of four, he was brought to the tabernacle to serve under Eli the priest. Samuel lived in the tabernacle, serving as needed. As we heard in our story today, uh, Samuel, he was sleeping in the inner sanctuary and serving there. Now, the inner sanctuary of the tabernacle or the tent of meeting was divided into two areas. There was the holy place and then the holy of holies where the Ark of the Covenant was. Samuel was sleeping in the holy place and it says the lamp of God had not gone out yet. Now, the lamp of God would have been lit each night at sundown and would burn throughout the night until sunrise. So it was likely the middle of the night, all was quiet, and Samuel was fast asleep. And then it happened. A voice woke him from his slumber. He heard what he first believed to be Eli calling him during the night. Though the young Samuel was ministering in the tabernacle, the passage says he didn't yet know the Lord, and the word of the Lord had not yet been revealed to him. The first three times the Lord called Samuel, the boy responded to Eli. Now let's be honest, I, I love my sleep. And I think the first two times my child would have woken me up, I, I would have offered a little grace. But that third time, I may have completely lost my patience and not sat long enough to try to analyze what was happening. But Eli did. He realized what was happening and instructed Samuel to respond to the Lord when he called again. I find it interesting that here we have a young boy who grew up in the temple, lived in the temple, slept in the temple, and helped the high priest Eli take care of the temple. But when God first called to Samuel, he thought it was Eli calling. He had been serving faithfully, but he had not let, yet learned to listen to God's voice. He wasn't expecting God to speak. But when Eli told Samuel that God was calling him, Samuel became expectant. We are told that the Lord came and stood there calling just as before, Samuel. Samuel. Notice the words, just as before. Not in some new way, but in the same way God had been calling all along. This time when God called, Samuel answered. So what did it take for Samuel to learn to listen? He went to someone he trusted. He went to Eli, the high priest who he had been working under for years. And Eli can teach us a lesson that your greatest ability is your availability. Now, while prepping for this sermon, I have to say that phrase did not come from me. Pastor Aaron had given me that phrase saying that this is often used in sports, and it's a great phrase. And I have to say, that's the gift that Eli gave to Samuel, his availability. Samuel would later be recognized as a prophet and the judge of all Israel. He would go on to anoint Israel's very first king, King Saul, all the while listening for God's voice and direction. The life of Samuel in his own Hanani moment was pivotal in Israel's history, and he was the last in the line of Israel's judges. Like Samuel, how can we be ready to hear? 
what can we do to be prepared to hear God's voice? Let's be honest. It can be risky to ask God to speak. It changes our lives if we listen. If we heed the call of God, we will likely never be the same. As I look back and reflect on my own story, I truly believe God had been pointing me into ministry numerous times, but I just wasn't listening. God was talking and nudging, but I wasn't hearing him. I wasn't at the point in my life or my spiritual journey where I could recognize the voice of God, and I am still learning to listen, aren't we all? Sometimes we are not familiar with God's voice because we are distracted or we have been, never been taught or we are caught up with the mistakes in our own lives. Eli himself was distracted by his two sons who were making bad choices which pulled the attention away from God. Our scripture reading says that the Lord's word was rare in that time and visions weren't widely known. This was a harsh and evil culture. It is apparent from the first few chapters in 1 Samuel that Eli and his two sons were the only ones, the only ones serving in the tabernacle for the entire nation of Israel. And Eli's two sons, well, they were misusing the sacrifices brought to the Lord for their own gain. He rebuked his sons, but he failed to make them stop. Some part of Eli's heart was, was with his sons and not the Lord. Speaking of distractions, while writing this sermon, I was constantly distracted by the pinging of my phone. So I thought, how about I take a little survey with my Facebook friends and ask the following question about distractions. I think we have a slide about it up here. Maybe. No? All right. Well, the slide would say, how many times on average do you look at your phone a day? A was 0 to 10 times, B, 10 to 25, C, 25 to 40 times, D, 40 to 50 times, or E, over 50 times. Well, can you guess what the number one answer was? The overwhelming answer I received from my own Facebook friends was 50 times or more. Drew actually responded with a Google search answer that the national average is 344 times a day. That blew my mind. What are you and I listening to? Who are we listening to? There is a lot of noise out there. What do we want for ourselves? Do you want to live the life the way God intends for you to live? Do you want to do the good that God has prepared in advance for you? Listening and responding is, a, is vital in a relationship with God. Although God does not always speak with the sound of human voice, he is speaking through his word, through creation, and through the lyrics to a song but we, we must be ready to receive his messages. And we have to be ready to wrestle with what is and isn't God's voice. We must be ready to listen, and we must be ready to act upon what he tells us. 
So I'm wondering today, how have you set aside time to listen to him? Are you willing to get up early so that you can spend time listening for the voice of God? Are you willing to turn off the TV or the computer or the iPad or the cell phone long enough to spend uninterrupted time with God? Maybe what we are already doing, like taking a walk to get exercise or driving to work each morning, could be reframed into becoming available for God to speak. As the holiday seasons are fast approaching and the busyness of shopping, meal prep, family gatherings, travel, and decorating are vying for our attention, I encourage and challenge you to take some time, a few minutes each day, just to be still and be in his presence and be available. Remember, sometimes our greatest ability is our availability. God is speaking. Are we listening? Will we listen? Before I close, I have a little confession. Over a month ago, Aaron approached me about preaching today. Now, my initial thought was I haven't preached in over 10 months, and I'm just not sure I'm ready to do that yet. But Aaron kept talking, as Aaron does, and he began telling me that the chapter and text that I'd be assigned for this week, he looked at me and said something to the effect of, um, it's the story about Samuel and his here I am moment. And I think I may have actually put my hand up to stop him because I was flabbergasted at the way God was working. For goodness sakes, there sitting on my desk was a plaque with the Hebrew word Heneni written on it. Needless to say, I was quite convicted that I needed to do this, regardless of what my brain was telling me. Like I said before, God is always speaking. Are we listening? I want to invite you on this journey that I am also on, listening for his voice. You may never ask to preach in front, but, but, you may ask, be asked to serve in children's ministry. There's my plug. <laughs> Let's pray. Heavenly Father, thank you for the many lessons and encouragement we can gain from the beautiful story of Samuel, the little baby boy born to Hannah whose life was dedicated to you, who grew up into a man who listened to your voice and obeyed the call on his life. Open our ears to hear. Open our ears to hear your speaking to us and use us, I pray, in whatever way you will for your greater purpose and for your praise and glory. This I ask in Jesus' name. Amen. Well, I guess I'm signing up for kids' ministry. <laughs> so we'll make a line out the back, I guess. We're going to stand together. We have an invitation to just respond to God. This is a song called Spirit of the Living God, and it says we want to hear your voice. So we can use this song today, just reflect on the lyrics, to spend a moment listening, leaning into God, seeking him, listening for his voice. So let's sing this together.
One thing you need to know, if I'm ever up here preaching, it's always going to be short because I do not like the spotlight. Please receive the blessing this morning. In every moment of this day, may you know the embrace of God's love. May you hear the whisper of God's voice. May you feel the presence of God's spirit. And may you share the knowledge of God's grace. Go and be a blessing and be blessed.